Good morning and welcome to Burn After Pitching, the comedy pitching podcast where we have a panel of creatives on to pitch their ideas on everything from ice cream flavors to movies to video games. Uh, it's the greatest podcast there is. I am your host, Michael Tanner. Uh, I am back. I am hosting without microphone problems. Fingers crossed. Uh, and joining on the panel, our regular panelist, Andy Norval. Andy, introduce yourself. Oh, welcome, Internet. Thank you for coming. And joining us for the first time, we have Marley Halpern Grazer. Nailed it. Oh, perfect. You pronounced it right on the first try. Uh, hello, everybody. I'm Marley Halpern Grazer. And also joining us, Mr. Dave Wheeler. Oh, I just said your whole name. Dave Wheeler. Welcome, Dave. Yeah, that's me. Hey. You said it right. Hooray. First, I want to thank Marley and Dave uh, for joining us. First time, they're coming in largely cold. Uh, so we're going to have some fun in this episode. Our overall theme for this episode, now that... Um, the um, everyone's vaccinated and everyone is healthy and there's no problems left at all involving COVID. People can get together and party and have fun. So our thing for this episode is we're having everyone pitch a party themed movie. Think Animal House. Think House Party. Think uh, Can't Hardly Wait for uh, you people who enjoyed the 90s. But first, <laughs> we've got a surprise pitch. Producer Tyler messaged me on his retreat in the Andes mountains that he has an inside line uh, with Disney and Disney plus. And as we know, Disney plus has the Obi-Wan Kenobi series starting in May. And we all know it's going to be good. Maybe. Uh, but Disney wants to goose those ratings, make bedroom eyes of the audience, so to speak by doing some stunt casting in the spirit of Stacey Abrams getting to cameo as the president of earth on Star Trek discovery. Panelists, you are tasked with choosing someone to guest star on the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show. Uh, also tell us who they would be playing. This could be an original character, could be a character from Star Wars Legends. You choose. Take a moment. Think of who you want to be that shocking surprise guest star on the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show. Take a moment. I'll put in a sound effect. Probably a lightsaber. Maybe like a Millennium Falcon engine whooshing noise. I don't know. I finally figured out how to add uh, sound effects back in. So just take a moment. Uh, let me know when you guys are ready. I got it. All right, okay. I got one. Yeah, I got one. All right. Andy, do you have one? Yeah, I got one. We're good. Okay. All right. Um, Dave, I think you were first. So Dave, who do you want on Obi-Wan Kenobi? All right. I'm bringing in Jaleel White, uh, <laughs> formerly of Family Matters, but he is Mace Windows' illegitimate love child questing for uh, Ben Kenobi to train him in the ways of the Jedi, only to be turned away, and he threatens to expose Ben Kenobi's uh, sweet, sweet home. Uh, where he is hiding from the Empire. My goodness, did you do that? Did you go there? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, he's, you know, he's back. He's voicing Urkel in cartoons. Right? Urkel yeah, has a cartoon. Even, like, he, yeah, he, they're doing a, they, 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 I don't think I'm speaking out of other people's NDAs and they announced it. Yeah, they're doing a, uh, Warner Brothers is doing an Urkel animated uh, Christmas special. My God, oh, nothing shit. is gone forever now. We just, I believe, yeah. Everything's Let me, you could, 
90 percent sure that's announced <laughs> you you could even like give him like an homage name like our our cal windu or something like that you know give him give him some some funky star wars name that our hyphen cal yes oh yeah yeah <laughs> Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, it is announced. I am allowed to have said that. <laughs> oh, good, good. Well, okay, good. Uh, <laughs> My uh, God. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that. This is a good idea. You're just giving them good ideas. That That's we'll our goal. See. We just we put out these ideas out into the universe, and we hope uh, the universe latches onto them and gets them to the appropriate people. Okay, Marley, who would you like to see? Uh, so I think I probably uh, took it this assignment that I just learned about a little, maybe too literally. And I was trying to think like, okay, like another politician. And then I was also trying to think of like the, the star Wars kind of fan fan pandering. And so I'm just going to straight up go with Bernie Sanders as baby Yoda, as Grogu, <laughs> um, get him back in his jacket with the gloves. I mean, I definitely seen that Photoshop anyway, so that's easy. Uh, and and Exactly. Yes. I'm 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 pretty sure I'm not I'm gonna spend no time remembering if Grogu would be alive during Obi-Wan, but I believe he would be. And no. who knows how they age. Maybe it's a Benjamin Button thing, so maybe he looks older in Obi-Wan's time. Um and uh yeah, that's my that's what that's what I think they will do. <laughs> you know, as as someone who watched the book of Boba Fett um and saw the uh having nothing to do with Boba Fett episode, Grogu <laughs> would be alive because we get his flashback uh, to uh, Revenge of the Sith with the, um, right, right. the clone troopers killing all the Jedi in the temple. So he'd be so around. He's around. This is at least, there's at least a, yeah, exactly. And he's got a simple tax plan for the entire galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Sensible. A sensible oh, plan. Got a taxes. <laughs> he is once again asking us for his help. Uh, and I'm I'm pretty sure I've seen Bernie Sanders eat a frog, so I think there's a lot of crossover between the two. I like frogs, they're delicious. <laughs> you fry them over some butter. It's good. It's definitely Vermont's very wet. He's definitely had opportunity to eat a frog. <laughs> Have had frogs. They're surprisingly fishy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess they're in the water, right? That makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Same with alligator. Alligator, uh, yeah, more I, like fish. Interesting. Yeah, I've never had. Uh, I became a vegetarian before I ate anything fun, so I've, I've only eaten the I've only eaten the animals from the old McDonald's song. Oh no! Yeah, you, you yeah, should have yeah, had like yeah. a final blowout of just exotic meat. Yeah, <laughs> I I have briefly considered making a rule where I'm allowed to eat an animal I've never eaten before, but then <laughs> I realized that would just get really weird really fast. <laughs> Well, that could be that could be our party movie, the group party movie. It's, uh, he's going to be vegetarian in one week. It's his chance. Oh yeah, the animal he can. Yeah, Please every animal. The I most want... dangerous game. Yeah, it makes a a, a reverse bucket list of things that you're going to kill. <laughs> you could you could call it "Meet Me at the Party," but meat is spelled M-E-A-T. <laughs> That's terrible, and I love it. Um, I don't know uh... if, if any of you guys watch Upload on Amazon Prime started um, it's it's real good there's a character who's based on one of the Koch brothers i i think his name is choke on the show but he's supposed to be like insanely Great. rich guy uh who's in the you know the upload heaven and his thing is he only eats exotic the like most exotic of meats uh because he just he's an evil billion yeah yeah we don't eat like the average american chicken is the only non-mammal you really eat so when you eat any other non-mammal, you're like, this kind of tastes like chicken. It reminds me. It's in Once our year, but yeah. ancestral DNA. 
Yeah. All right. Well, Andy. Uh, since oh. we're on podcasting, there is this. Oh, sorry. oh no, go ahead. Just, I know why it reminded me of this. Another way. Ira Glass's dog can only eat kangaroo meat, and it's like driving Ira crazy. Did you ever hear that? Is, isn't story? it crazier than that? Is I thought it was that the dog rapidly developed new allergies. So if you feed it anything for a couple, for like a year, then it can't eat it anymore, and they have to shift to a new crazy animal. And that was my understanding. Yeah. I, how does it do anything? Like, yeah, it sounds like taking care of this dog. Which I heard kangaroo was okay, but yeah, it was like, okay. Looking- dread because once kangaroo's gone it's just like it's human flow i mean left i mean i I just because i used to listen to this american life like religiously and i just remember hearing the podcast where he explained the effect his dog had on him and his wife and then it felt like it just cut to him announcing he was divorced (laughs) (laughs) and i've always suspected the dog was a factor they had a fight over who would get the dog (laughs) yeah you take him i don't want him you take him Come on, he can still eat salamander. <laughs> but you yeah. have to catch him yourself. Just a giant lip. You know how hard that is to do <laughs> yeah. on the Upper West Side of New York. But yeah, no, I, I, I did kind of, I did know that, and it's terrifying. It's a terrifying reality to imagine being in charge of that dog. All right, Andy, do oh, you have your uh, celebrity or your uh, uh, surprise guest star Obi Wan pitch? The uh, evil Wookiee bounty hunter. Okay, he's a nice guy in Book of Boba Fett, but he used to be. Evil as heck, and uh, the known history of hiring bounty hunters. They, they hire him to go after uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, and uh, to play him, we get we get the the only elected politician who looks like he is on his way to becoming full Wookiee, Ted Cruz. I, I like the idea that they shave the Wookiee down uh, to like to be more passable as as a basic human, and it's just like yeah, too. It's greasy, just, yeah. gross, hairy Ted Cruz. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he was the one who like was mad about uh, Stacey Abrams being on Star Trek, which shows that Ted Cruz oh, does right. not understand Star Trek. But also, it means he would yeah. take the job if you if you're like, do you want to be on a show? He'd be like, of course, I need to show her up. <laughs> the empires—they're the good guys, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's crush those those stupid woke rebels. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. I don't know. I didn't know that. Uh, that I did watch Book of Boba Fett and also the three episodes that were not about Boba Fett. Uh, I didn't know that Wookiee before. I he's he's from like relatively recent. Yeah, comics, I want to say right? Kieran Gillen. I uh, yeah. created him like five yeah. years yeah. or something. Okay. He popped up in uh, oh, Doctor oh, okay. Afra. Yeah, that makes that. Yeah, I I, oh. I showed I revealed myself as not someone who's actually reading Star Wars comics because I, I am a huge fan of Kieran Gillen in general. And so I knew about Dr. Afra and some of the stuff he'd been doing. And so when my, someone was talking to me about black cure, it sounds like it should be, I don't a flower, know how to say, but it's not. Yeah. It's almost yes. chrysanthemum, but it isn't right. Yeah. So someone was asking me like, Oh, what things is this character from? And I'm like, Oh, I don't really know. I'm like, if it's not from a Kieran Gillen comic, I wouldn't know it. And then someone looked up and they're like, it is. And I'm like, well, I outed myself as full of it. I will always, when my buddy was trying to tell me how to say it, it's like, imagine a drunk guy saying Satan. I'm like, Satan. I think we're probably all saying it wrong. And so somewhere, out there, a true blue Star Wars fan shaking his or her fist and yelling at yeah, the radio. Man. Yeah, it's probably. I bet you can't. I bet. I bet you can't say it right with an American accent because Karen Gillan probably says it some way we wouldn't even guess. <laughs> I you were going to say, I bet you we can't even say You're it because right. we're not Wookies. 
Oh, you're right. That would be that's also that's a, <laughs> that's a Wookiee say maybe kiss the fan. Yeah. Also, how do, more importantly, how do Wookies tell people their names? Like, uh, I didn't watch Solo. Do they explain how anyone knows to call him Chewbacca? I did watch Solo. And I don't remember, but yes, it's very much like, oh, they, they hand wave it that Han already knows Wookiees when they meet. So it's like, oh, your name's okay. Chewbacca? And they're like, you speak Wookiee? He's like, yeah. Like, they're just like, okay. okay. Uh, one of my favorite weird bits of uh, the old Star Wars Expanded Universe is they created a character, a Wookiee who could speak basic, which is English in uh, Star Wars Universe, and explained mm-hmm. it as he had a severe Wookiee speech impediment. That made him able to speak uh, <laughs> basic. That's funny. <laughs> Wookiees are Wookiees are weird. Chewbacca makes perfect sense, and the second you meet a second one, you're yeah, like, I don't like, know about mm, this. This guy. all seems very questionable. <laughs> Wait a second, yeah, because then you have to start asking a question like, what's their well, I mean, home world like? Like, what's their culture? Yeah, you got one of them. You're like, all life right. day. Come on, people. What, like, yeah, the, like the, uh, Star Wars Christmas <laughs> you special. Everything yeah. you need to know about like, horny old grandpa Wookiees. <laughs> of watching what was it, the holovids of like old Catskill comedians and yeah. <laughs> Dinosaur? Was it Dinah? Not Dinosaur. Carol, I think. Carol? Uh, B. Arthur. Diane Carol? Oh, I was going to say B. Arthur's yeah. the, the bartender. Great. Oh. Because this I've is like, only ever, I've only. I've only ever seen the Boba Fett cartoon like lifted out of it. I haven't seen. The I've watched thing. a lot of YouTube videos about it, so I that basically have used all the footage. So I'm going to count it that I've seen it. I'm I'm the dork that has it in the rotation around the holidays because it's just like I'll put it on and it's always funny. I got a five year old and, and my wife just kind of go, ah, crap. Oh, it's that life day time. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's something so weird about it. Was like old Hollywood desperately to jump on the star wars bandwagon and it affection for it there's I won't a great it, video yeah. i want to say by defunct land about it uh because they do all like disney theme stuff um that's like a deep dive mm-hmm. in the history of like and like the writers and um like how it was made and it's it's a pretty great video uh on the history of it i mean i i i mean what i think is cool about it is just that it's like it's the last time there were no rules for what a Star Wars yep. tie-in could be. Yeah. <laughs> they shut it down after that. <laughs> but like and they were just like, off. "Oh, what what are what's the sort of thing you do with media properties?" And it's like weird yeah. variety special. So let's do that with yeah, Star like Wars. The Richard Pryor show had a had a Star Wars skit where they used actual costumes from A New Hope in the skit. Uh, and so it's wild, oh, like wow. Richard Pryor interacting with like all the cant- Mos Eisley Cantina aliens for a comedy sketch. That's true. Well, I mean, that makes sense because like George Lucas got most of those just yeah, from a did. warehouse somewhere, right? So they probably just went right back. They went right back in the warehouse. Yeah, some were even bought from like a Halloween costume bought, shop. Bought through the Doctor Who jump yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's why there's just a like yeah. Halloween Satan. There's like, there's the devil. Part, right? Here's a wolf man who's literally just a wolf man mask. <laughs> yeah. And then someone had to write a whole novel explaining what the people from the devil planet are like, like I'm sure. With Wookiees. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess I'll I'll go with my the my final pitch for Obi Wan. Um, referencing back to the book of Boba Fett, the show that's not about Boba Fett. Uh, my favorite actual part, and I'm not saying this ironically or with snarky, is the introduction of the mods, because uh, I love that Star Wars pulls from different like weird genres and styles. So having like 60s 
Brit mods introduced as like a scooter gang in uh in Moss Eisley, my favorite part. So I would want uh to harken back to that and have um there's not a lot of them left uh alive. So I'm gonna say Roger Daltrey from The Who. Uh I want him as a stunt casting uh. Uh, for Obi-Wan as a, you know, as an old mod or a guy who starts uh, the mods. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I am a nerd. What I, yeah, what I, what I loved about the mods was how, like, every time they would use one of their little robot arms, it would be in such an incredibly specific way that I'm like, why did you install that? Like, I know it's helpful right now, but you didn't know, like, you didn't know you were going to have to kick a guy off a car. Like, why do you have a specific, like, hydraulic You're all like Inspector Gadget. Plus the whole... Yeah, yeah. Plus the whole replace my arm with something that can do just one thing that an arm could do, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, really good at one thing. I don't want my arm arm, anymore. I got a cigarette lighter. Yeah. It does it really well. Yeah. Uh, I think I, you know, I think everyone would love the mods if their scooters look yeah. a little less like scooters. And that's that's the funny thing is that's what I love. I, think, so much I just wanted them to have a little dirt. Everything's brown, <laughs> yellow, and gray, effect, right? except these mods are sparkly greens and reds and blues, like they're from a carnival ride. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I I just think if their color coded bright vehicles looked like motorcycles, people would have been on board. <laughs> I, I keep seeing the thing of we needed five teams <laughs> with attitude, and it's like, oh shit, for the Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wonder because it also the, like, the scooters did not seem to go faster than like ten miles per hour, and I'm wondering if that put a lot of the hate. Yeah, that it was, was like not, the slowest chasing, but it's great because that that diplomat was just driving like the Star Wars equivalent of a Mazda. It was just a, it was just a speeder car. It was a commuter. <laughs> yeah, it's just Star Wars has such a strong track record of like hover bikes being the coolest yeah. part of Star Wars that it's it's if you don't get that right, it really feels like you really missed a, a bar. <laughs> well, Roger Daltrey will fix. Roger that. Daltrey would fix that. Getting back to Solo, I think that was the thing is that people, how they perceived Han Solo in the original trilogy um, does not jibe with um, how Han Solo actually was in the original trilogy. So, cause Han Solo is a, a dork. He's a, he's a dork um, who just yeah. happens to have a cool car. Like that, that's it. Uh, and so like Han, like the Han Solo in Solo being also a dork and not, also not being the original actor, people didn't like it, but he's pretty darn close to the original characterization. Yeah, I've I've definitely heard people say, and I definitely agree that people remember Han Solo as if he was Indiana yes. Jones in space, but Harrison Ford was playing him really differently, exactly. and people don't remember see, what he was like. They see the cool pictures of Han Solo where he's got like gunfighter swagger, and like, and you know, he shoots yeah. Greedo, like, mm-hmm. cool, he's cool. But also remember, like, in the detention block when he's trying, he's like, yeah, um, oh, don't come down here, um, everything's fine, everything's fine. How, how, how are, are you? you? Like. It's just he is yeah. a goofy goofball son of a gun, and it carries through in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. He is he is a a big dork. He's not a cool guy. Well, yeah, I mean one of my one of my favorite jokes in all of the first Star Wars as a kid was, which is one I think they've changed now. I think they've ruined this joke when Han's chasing the stormtroopers down the hallway, and originally the stormtroopers just kind of remembered there's three of them and they turn around and start chasing yeah, like him Aladdin. down the hallway. 
We all have swords. And I think now they've, ch- but now they've changed it so that he chases them like into a room with a hundred stormtroopers. I think. And then I they, remember he it, runs they back run the into the larger group. But yeah, that's from the special we're edition. Kid yeah, yeah mate, you know what? Like, he runs into like yeah, basically the stormtroopers just stop and turn around. He's like, oh shit, and turns around and runs away. It's yeah, okay. I'm glad I remember that right because I just thought that as a kid, I was like, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen, and I bothers bummed me that they changed it to not really be a joke anymore. <laughs> Well, this has been Burn After Star Warsing. Um, I always love when, when we go off on, uh, like, <laughs> like I just came up with that that surprise pitch. I was like, oh, we, we should be able to have a couple good jokes about that. But we've spent a good amount of funny time on that. And I'm I'm very glad. I think, that'll, I think that makes good podcasting. Tangent, Tang- yeah. Tangential podcasting. We made a bunch of people <laughs> feel like ghosts yelling at their computer because um, we were saying stuff wrong. Um, but now it's time for our theme, the episode, the party movie. Um, I'm going to go first, because uh, I also have a, uh, a half of an idea, uh, and we'll let La- Andy go last, because he probably has an actually like, thought-out, outlined good idea. So my idea for a movie that takes place at a party, I wanted to go... Uh, well, you know, you know what the kids are loving nowadays. They love that little video game called Among Us, uh, where you don't know who to trust, and <laughs> someone's gonna stab you in the back. So I decided to um, think of one of the really great dinner parties of history, and kind of um, pitch an idea that would tie into some of those Among Us themes. And uh, this movie is gonna take place at the Last Supper. Uh, our main character is going to be Jesus who is having his dinner party at <laughs> the Last Supper. Um, a little breaking with tradition is he knows one of the guests at the party is going to betray him, but he doesn't know who. So there's some tension. Uh, this is a little <laughs> bit of a thriller. And we're also part of the gimmick is we're not going to know who's playing who other than Jesus. So we're not going to know who Judas is because that'll spoil it. So because the, they all know each other, not necessarily going to refer to each other by their uh, by their names. They're just going to be talking. So it's going to be I'm imagining this as a very sort of auteur directed film, uh, maybe a, a not done all in one take, but uh, very minimal cuts following Jesus getting ready for the dinner party. Um and having guests over and the lively conversation about spirituality, about the politics of the time. All the while, while Jesus is looking at everyone a little suspicious. He's trying to figure out which one of them. And there'd be a bunch of red herrings where the audience would be like, oh, I bet you he's, he's Judas. Um, that guy just, you know, tipped the waiter with a, a piece of silver. That's got to be Judas. Uh, so lots of like, <laughs> lots of build up, build up until, you know, we get to the, the big reveal, um, uh, that would, you know, be who is Judas and, uh, what happens to Jesus. Um, so, but as a, a dark thriller comedy, I would say, cause there's no way it's not going to be funny, uh, having like suspicious Jesus. It's just the idea of Jesus being suspicious is funny to me. Uh, cause normally, you know, everyone plays him as like, cause he knows everything. Cause he's, you know, God, but also son of God. Uh, so like weirdly insecure, suspicious Jesus is going to be the hook, I think, for this new, uh, new take on a classic, classic dinner party. Uh, maybe we'd even call it the Last Supper with a question mark. That's how that's how we let people know. Wait, 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 wait. Gonna call it Among Jesus. <laughs> oh, well, that would be the mobile game tie-in, right? 
Oh, there's going to be the version of Among Us that's the Last Supper, and you got to find Jesus. Yeah, yeah. There's there's still the monochromatic oh, little great. like dome men with their goggles, but they all have beards and different colored beards. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to go in the next room. Yeah. To loaves and fishes. Other room to heal lepers. Do do the beards stick out from under the the masks or? Oh, you know. How, okay. How Design wise, now I'm a... like you're the artist, so I'd leave this to you. But um, I would have the beards also like. They just have a ring of fur. So it's like their beard into big bushy eyebrows. So it's just like a ring of fur around the uh nice. around the goggles. And like a affixed yeah, to yeah. the like out on the outside of the the suit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I think that's the right supper. choice. <laughs> the last the last supper? Uh yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of taking like historical or or literary figures and and focusing on just like one day or one week of their life instead of trying to tell the whole life. Uh, and so I think that's cool. I like that part of it. I think there should be more of that. People try to fit someone's whole life into a movie too much. And yeah, never, just do you like can't do a it. small, like a smidgen. Like just, uh, like, you know, yeah, I like the idea of like a week in uh, some famous historical figure's life. And I'm just like, oh yeah, that's that a busy week. Or like, uh, that's the trend. Uh, yeah. the <laughs> Stardust, the David Bowie movie that, uh, does not have any David Bowie music in it. And there's, there's supposed to be a Billy Joel movie that's exactly the same, where, yeah, where Billy just heard about Billy that. Joel's Billy Joel is not involved with it and he's not given permission for it. But I guess it's technically going to be about his manager, like in the early part of his career. So technically, huh. it's about the manager, but they still can't refer to Billy Joel, refer to the music. But it's going to be about him managing this. Um, uh, I guess off-screen character who we're all supposed to just know as Billy Joel. It's really crazy that the Thirty Rock Jackie Jorm Chomp <laughs> is not a joke, and that people have now just made a couple Jackie Jorm Chomp movies. This is our life, Tilly Bull. I gotta tell you, your song guitar man, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> You're the pianos man. Another one, New Jersey State of Mind. Yeah, we what what we want to know about Billy Joel is the manager. Yeah. So you know, hats that's off. The, that's that's where the money is, right? All right. So the Last okay. Supper. Uh, I'm gonna just just gonna mess around with the grammar in that in that title. So that's my pitch. Uh, Marley, would you like to give your pitch? Yeah. So I think keeping in keeping with my my theme of taking these assignments really literally. Uh, I wanted to to draw from an experience uh, in my life, but then just try to like heighten it and make it more uh, absurd and ridiculous, so it could be a movie. And so I like in the way that you know we have these COVID waves where they you know it goes away for a little while and it feels okay, and then but you kind of know something's going to happen and it'll come back. And there's this sense of like, well, when it goes down, you should try to do something and like you should try to have fun and do stuff now that it's safe. So it's imagining. A world in the near future where we actually know the one day out of the year that there's <laughs> not going to be any COVID. Uh, <laughs> but we've, like, calculated it so we know know the date. And so the movie is about, like, high school teenagers who it's like they're almost like graduating. It's like the last summer. And they know it's like a, it's almost like a heist. It's like there is a day we can have this party, but we have to do all the prep while under lockdown, and no, and we're not supposed to do that. So the like the party is allowed, but the prep is illegal. 
Um, and it's trying to get that all together in time to throw this crazy party before they can't see any of their friends for another year, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Cause you could do like, uh, like, like I mentioned earlier, like can't hardly wait. You have, you can have all these different character groups, this ensemble piece, like one guy, he's like, I'm going to finally kiss my girlfriend. I haven't been able to be around her all year. Or like, oh, I'm finally going to, I got to break up with her. Yeah, yeah. Or I got to break up with my boyfriend and I want to do it face to face. And this is the first time we're going to be able to be face to face. Well, yeah. that's, I mean, that's the same couple, right? The one who wants to finally kiss his girlfriend and the girl who wants to finally break up with her boyfriend, but <laughs> wants to do it in person to be polite. <laughs> well, plus, you'd have all these kids who know that they're. Probably, you know, they look okay from, like, the chest up, but, like, down below, it's a mess, and they're just... <laughs> yeah, 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 none of them, none of them have seen their legs, no one knows what anyone's <laughs> legs look like. <laughs> oh, that could uh, be a tragic turn, some of them just don't. There's no... <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, some of them are just those Facebook metaverse <laughs> guys with no legs, but for real. <laughs> Forgot to render those. Uh, and then, yeah, yeah, it'd be like, uh, you figure out, like, there'd probably be, like, a some sort of, like, basically truant mm-hmm. officer, but a COVID officer who's, like, making sure these teens don't leave their houses and do any, get get up into any trouble during the last week of lockdown. Rooney, if you will. Chasing oh, them God. around. By yeah, Danny yeah, he's chasing them around. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess election already did the Matthew Broderick thing, but he'd be a good Ed Rooney. Mm, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then, yeah, I mean, you, then you'd get the big, uh, you know, the, the, the third act of the movie would, they'd have the big, uh, they'd have the big party, but everything would be careening out of control at that point. One would you hope. gotta keep escalating, so, escalating, escalating. Yeah. Wait, at the end, it's like that one party produces the, the next, next variant. variant. Yep. It becomes, you know, Tony's party. Yeah, variant. I think that's yeah. probably. And I'd be like, I don't care yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no one regrets anything. You've crippled the economy, but oh, it was such a rager. That part is <laughs> remembered for ages for all the people who died. <laughs> yeah, it'll have it'll be in the history books because you have to say what caused this horror. Twenty two. <laughs> yeah, it was like yeah, Ava's kegger or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I love this. Do you have a name for your COVID party movie? I know. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, I like. I feel like if you can get the word "variant" in there, that's good. I don't. I'm. I'm. You know, I'm not great. Titles are are not my strong suit. Uh, I love. If anyone's got anything, it'll be better than what I can think of in one more minute. Oh yeah, that's pretty good. Something like uh, or uh, name it. Name it like a fraternity or something like Delta Kappa Beta because that's the name of the variant. (laughs) Hell yeah! Can't hardly breathe. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no! Yeah, I think maybe that's probably it. <laughs> nice, I love it. All right, Dave, do you have a? You've got a party movie. I I do. Uh, so I I kind of was riffing off of something. So right now, uh, my five year old is obsessed with Ghostbusters, and so I was kind of going going the route of taking something from an existing franchise. Uh, and I actually I I wrote up a little thing. It's not very good. But uh, it was going to be called Ghostbusters Ghost of the Past, but it's just Venkman, Egon, and Ray in college having animal house-like antics. But it's, you know, it's set in what would have been, you know, the 70s. 
Um, so it's kind of a period piece, but I would have had like J.J. Abrams directing, um, just to like really, or not J. No, God damn it! Why can't I think of his name? Not J.J. Abrams. That's the wrong person entirely. If you want nostalgia? Uh, James, he's Gunn. your guy. Uh, oh, James J- Gunn. James Gunn. Gunn. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Joe directing it. Very, yeah, Columbus. very, very, very different guy. <laughs> very, yeah, very, 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 very uh, wildly different things. But like, I kind of went through and actually pulling from Afterlife, I, I grabbed Finn Wolfhard as a young Egon, oh. like playing him as kind of the scraggly, uh, scraggly hardcore, you know, nose in the book. Uh, type guy, but having that wit about him. Uh, Dan De- Daniel DiMaggio as a young Venkman, and I have no idea on Ray whatsoever. But uh, yeah, just kind of them getting up to antics, playing up the kind of 70s party movie vibe, but you know, having um, having James Gunn also kind of play up maybe some of the trauma-esque, you know, monsters and stuff that are crashing parties, and that's what you know, kind of gets them into the parapsychology department and stuff like that. Um, I, I don't know. Again, I kind of came up with this on the fly uh, when, when Tanner went, so do you have your pitch ready? And I went, what, my what now? Could Ray be the only one that is played by Dan Aykroyd? And it's just really, no one no one acknowledges it, but it's really uncomfortable. This is one old, one old yep, man no pretending to be a kid. Just, nope, it's ugh. just... Okay. You're Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Hello, fellow children. So, I, I don't know. I just thought it'd be kind of fun, A, to kind of create something different for that franchise, but also to, uh, I, don't, I don't know, I think it'd be really, really fun to see kind of like a 70s party movie by way of, you know, trauma. So, like, you kind of have these weird ghosts and everything playing into that kind of animal house vibe you know playing into that whole field yeah, I, don't, um, I think it'd be fun it'd be fun it'd be weird yeah like what has anyone done anything with the young they've, they've done some flashback stuff but it's always to like you mm. know months before the original movie uh my buddy uh eric mm. burnham actually wrote all the comics and i was always like dude you should do something like throwback throwback you know like outside of a one-off like it could be um like there'd be something to mine from that if you didn't want to like break continuity of like them having confirmed ghosts or whatever while they're in college, you could riff off like the seventies cult yeah. movies. Like they're in college and they encounter like yeah. a cult and that gets them into, you know, parapsychology. Like we might, they probably think though, they're just cultists. They just believe the stuff. It's not real, but we know that the stuff is real. That'd be an interesting kind of take with it, where they're yeah. fighting like Satanists on on campus. Yeah, I, I was gonna say like, ha, you know, have Ray be like, I went to this really cool party and they had this really delicious Gator or uh, Kool Aid. It was fantastic. <laughs> this guy was really charismatic too. Where was it? Oh, it was in Texas. Had these dope sunglasses. It definitely it. And and it would definitely work if by the end of it they're like suspicious because yeah. something like you said had to set them down this yeah. path. Uh, I I don't know. I again I it. It's one of those things of like I'm just I'm kind of sick of remakes and and Afterlife was one of those things where I'm like holy shit like this is a a franchise that's how old and we're getting new content for it that's telling a new story but you know still playing in that same field which I I really dug on the Ghostbusters believed in ghosts at the beginning of the movie you could have the Satanists get some demons or some ghosts and everyone's like yeah. what are you talking about it was just the Satanists I was like no no it was ghosts. <laughs> Prove it if it takes yeah. years and years of research. We'll go to New York. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just thought it'd be kind of something different and something fun. Yeah, I know? like it. 
Also, again, I completely pulled that out of my ass. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, I trouble. I mean, you're. I mean, you're. You'll be laughing the last <laughs> laugh when this is the next yeah. Ghostbusters movie, and you and you write it. Yeah, oh, dude, I, I take true. that and run. All right, and that brings us, Andy. <laughs> makes me feel good. <laughs> Bustin makes me feel good. Okay. Busting a party, busting bust a move makes oh. me feel good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, okay. I will. I will try to be brief. You don't to have brief, to be brief yeah. if you have one of your full outlines. By all means, get your way, son. Well, I don't know. Now I'm worried. It's got a little, a little too involved. But uh, it well, because it is about a party. It takes a while to get to the party, but because it, it starts out with uh, uh, Eva, she it's, she wants one thing for her 18th birthday, which is her single mother Shauna always promised to tell her who her real father is. But when confronted, Shauna confesses she has no idea. She went to a crazy party one weekend in 1997, and she got so drunk she has no idea what happened. Nine months later, out pumped Ava. So they have this huge fight. Ava blows out the candle and her cupcake, wishing she could somehow find out who her dad is. And then she wakes up in 1997. She freaks out, of course, oh. but she actually convinces the teenage Shauna who she is. But she lies and she makes this wish. She said that her birthday wish was to get to meet her mom when she was a cool kid, which Shauna thinks is great. Finally, she gets to hang out with her own daughter. And there's even this killer rager this weekend they could both go to. Totally cool beans. Still, though, as the movie progresses, they're kind of the odd couple. Shauna is this great free spirit, living life in the moment. It never knows that, you know, Shauna's carefree attitude is going to get her stuck at this, like, shitty job, waiting at Applebee's, struggling to pay the bills. Plus, because Shauna was always working, Eva uh, kind of had to for herself. So she's kind of become, she's the more adult of the two, and she uh, resents it. Although we also get a lot of fun of Ava getting her mind blown on what teen life was like in the 90s. First of all, the school. There's no chain link fence. There's no checkpoints. There's no armed guards. Anyone can just walk right into a school. It's insane. She even gets to go to Shauna's classes because she tells the school secretary that her records are lost in the internet. And, and, you know, the internet's so new, the secretary's like, oh, yeah, the internet, it probably takes a week or two. Yeah, go to classes. What could happen? <laughs> she's going to school. She's, she's hanging out with her own mom as a kid. And also there's, you know, we get to, she gets to experience life with no social media, figuring out, like, what it's like when you have to, like, go to a landline to communicate with people. And she finds out there are definitely three candidates for her dad in true Mamma Mia fashion. They're Rock... The lacrosse player who, like, definitely has this adversarial banter thing going on with Shauna in English class. And Shauna thinks, no, I hate Brock. But, you know, those are romantic comedies. They were a thing back in the 90s. And that guy that you're always butting heads with, that's the one you end up with. However, oh, she's just got eyes for Kai. The hacky sack playing Rasta cap wearing stoner who thinks Shauna is hella fly. Ava cannot stand Kai, especially because... I don't even remember this thing in the 90s where you described stuff that wasn't good as gay. Like, oh, that's a, yeah, that all the time. And it's like nails on a chalkboard. There's a third candidate, the math tutor, Ethan. He's shy. He's awkward. He's a computer geek. Again, Shauna is dubious. You know, a, a, a computer geek do something bad. But, you know, Ava knows she's from our world. She knows computer nerds will grow up to conquer and then completely ruin the world. So she's got her eye on Ethan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As they're also bonding. She learns Shauna has her dreams, but, you know, she kind of lacked the drive to make them happen. So Ava winds up encouraging Shauna to apply to fashion school. Shauna's got this, this great million-dollar idea. You know, uh, it's the 90s. Pleated skirts are popular. 
Jorts are popular. She is sure she's going to get rich on her idea for pleated jorts. Ava's very diplomatic in telling her maybe don't get too too attached to that idea. Uh, also, it starts befriending Ethan, who turns out to not be a toxic nice guy, but an actual nice guy. And she actually winds up confiding to Ethan, and Ethan's like freaking out because, you know, Ethan tells Eva, okay, you probably don't know about this in the future, but we had this movie called Back to the Future. There was this actor, he was called Michael J. Fox. He stops his parents from meeting, and then he erases himself from existence. Don't Michael J. Fox yourself. And Ava can see where Ethan's coming from, but she also sees Shauna used to be this happy, vivacious person, and she feels guilty knowing that her getting born is going to screw up her mom's entire life. Besides, maybe she's stuck here. Nobody knows what the rules of birthday wish time travel are. Also befriends Brock, who was thinking of, act, of asking Shauna out to the party, but it's because he wants to hide the fact that he's gay. Ava encourages him to be himself. Brock comes out to his friends who are incredibly supportive. They also think it's really cool that now their high school has this one gay person. Gives us a well-deserved eye roll, but you know, their, their heart's in the right place. Like, yeah, right. Your school has one gay person. To the night of the party. Ava finds out Kai is bragging to his friends tonight that he's going to bang that Shauna girl, another notch in his hockey chain. And is appalled, and even though she knows it will erase her existence, Ava cannot help but save Shauna from this loser. And it's why she and Ethan get to team up to expose Kai as this womanizing loser. She even gets to do this whole Me Too thing, except instead of a hashtag, it's like really happening in real life at the party. All the girls are saying, Me Too, Kai screwed me over really pissy, uses gay as a pejorative one too many times and gets punched out by Brock. Ethan's, you know, telling Shauna, uh, tells Shauna, you know, Ava is basically risking erasing her existence by telling her about Kai. And Ava tells Shauna, well, you know, whatever's going to happen, going to happen. But, you know, you really have this dream, becoming a fashion designer. Don't give up on that. Maybe give up on pleated jorts, but don't give up on the dream. Here's the other thing, because Ava had to raise, raise herself. She never got to go to a rager before. And so now this is it's one night she might as well party like there's no tomorrow. Maybe there isn't. But guess what? She wakes up back in the present, but things have changed. Now Ethan and Ava are married, and they figure out what happened before Ava's trip back. Shauna hooked up with Ethan on the rebound from Kai, then probably made him promise never to tell every, anyone. A promise Ethan kept, not knowing that Ava wasn't pretending it never happened. She'd actually forgotten it ever happened. Help Sean was able to go to night school, and now she runs a modestly successful clothing store downtown. It's still a little bummed. It looked like Shauna had to actually give up on her dreams after all. But Shauna says she didn't give up on her dreams. She just found a better one. Movie. Aww. It's a call. That's great. Well, it is 90s, so I'm thinking maybe what's the deal with Shauna's party? <laughs> Open a suggestion. The 90s? I mean, they've been talking about doing a reboot of Back to the Future. That could just be the Back to the Future reboot. That would be great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to, I was trying to figure out some way to combine Mamma Mia and Back to the Future, but <laughs> Mamma Mia doesn't really have enough words in it to uh, lend itself to that. Oh, you could just call it Here We Go Again. Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like that. I did. I, I'm, I'm glad you went with the, the happy ending. I did think, because there was a, a brief uh, period of, of dark time travel movies where the solution yes. was for the protagonist to stop existing. Okay. Because uh, there was Donnie Darko and Butter and Butterfly Effect, uh, and I did think we were going to get to the point where she was like, "Oh, it'd be better for my mom if she I didn't have with me." That. Something every teen if has she thought was at one point. Still exist, so she's like, "I tech like yeah. I technically don't exist in the future because I'm never born, but I still exist now." So I'm going to make the most of you know having my little bit of weird trivial knowledge of uh, the future. Oh yeah, yeah. She just. Uh... 
she 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 stops herself from being conceived so her mom can have a nice life. She just then lives in 1997 and like exactly. short sells pets.com like and becomes a little a bit of knowledge and she's like <laughs> I do. think I remember this. So I'm going to uh yeah, I'm going to buy Apple <laughs> stock uh, cuz I know that's going to go well. Yeah. And Apple stock like tank in the 90s too. So and is it cheap, yeah. Yeah, it'd probably be a good time. She's like don't fly you could have bought anywhere Disney on September 11th, 2001. Like, I can't change it, but uh, oh, just geez. telling people I know not yeah. to travel that day. <laughs> if you have friends in Columbine, tell yeah. them to transfer. <laughs> the time traveler that only knows, like, the worst big things. Like, you can't really do anything about it. Uh... Yeah. Like, you know, Titanic is going to be a much bigger movie than people yeah. think. I'm going to bet 20 bucks on Titanic to win. Because I, I know that happens. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> the trivial time traveler. Get in line for the Phantom Menace. It's not worth it. You are going to regret that. Um, oh, man. I, I, I actually uh, really, really liked episode one because I was like 10. So I, I have fond memories because fucking pod racing. I mean, I have fond memories of the pod racing. The pod racing is great. But, oh, and all those meetings. Yeah, the Senate meetings. Those were like really. I didn't skimp <laughs> on the detail on parliamentary Look. procedure. And I respect that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and also a good, uh, I he love is the best villain oh, who Sebulba. never came Gascano, back. I remember things. for episode two, people had all these things. I know Sebulba was going to buy Anakin's mother and like be mistreating her, and Anakin goes back to save her. Like <laughs> all this great payoff uh, for things that are set up. But um, I, I will say I, I actually like Attack of the Clones. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of things that don't pay off that were set up. Yeah. I mean, I guess we all should have been pitching that Sebulba comes back in Obi-Wan. Well, now we that we it. say He's that, around. I'm going to edit out my pitch, and I'm just going to come over the very <laughs> Sebulba pitch. Yeah, we all just... Hey, it's, Sebulba. It's just us all chanting, Sebulba, <laughs> Sebulba. <laughs> I love it. Right. Uh, I do love the pod racing, though, because, the I don't know, the coolest thing about old Star Wars was... George Lucas taking just sequences from movies he liked and doing the sci-fi version mm-hmm. of them. So, like, the pod racing being sci-fi chariot race was so cool, such a good idea. The cool aliens, it looked fun. Oh, hell yeah. Because they were <laughs> We had fun. <laughs> Darth Maul, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, Darth Maul is cool. Until he was half the man that he once was. There's good things in it, we can all agree. Yeah. All right, uh... Folks listening at home, this has been Burn After Pitching. I want to thank our guests for being on, and I want to give them plenty of time to plug and talk about anything they want to. Um, Marley, why don't you go ahead and go first? Sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm a, I am a TV animation writer primarily, so uh, if you've got HBO Max, you can check out Aquaman King of Atlantis, a comedy uh, miniseries that I did. Uh, and then I do a podcast with my younger brother uh, called Hero Rewatch, where uh, we are rewatching the Marvel Studios movies uh, in order. And uh, the the hook we have that we hope the other thousand people with podcasts like this don't have uh, is that I'm 12 years older than my brother. Uh, so he's the age I was when Iron Man came out. 
Uh, and so the idea is like, oh, now you're the age I was. Now I'm this so much older. Let's try to like compare the different ways these movies seem to us since we're such different ages and it's been such a long time. Uh, and it's been fun. We're up to, we just did, we just posted Civil War. So we're like halfway through the, the Infinity Saga, as I think they call it awesome. now. That sounds fun. Our... Oh, yeah. And that's just, yeah, Hero Rewatch on, you know, the places podcasts are. You see, because I remember it was right around 12 where I, because when you're a kid, you love everything, you know, you like, and then there's like that age where you're like, wait a minute. For me, it was Krull. I saw Krull and like, wait a minute, was that (laughs) not good? Is he reached the age where like he doesn't like some stuff or is he still on that? Oh yeah, definitely. We just, uh, the, the big one was when we got to Ant-Man, he didn't even really want to talk about it. I think there's a point when he actually like. 30, 40 minutes in, he's like, I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. <laughs> oh, crap. So, yeah, it was uh, Ant-Man was when we was when they lost him a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, and oh, and then, uh, oh, sorry, I just, I always forget. And then I'm, I'm on Twitter at, uh, at Marley HG. So M-A-R-L-Y H-G. Thank you, that's Marley. Me. All right, Dave, uh, hit us with, uh, you're a, you're a very busy man, Dave. <laughs> Yeah. Uh well I'll I'll leave I'll leave the one pitch to to you Michael um because we are we are working on a project actively right now very very excited for that. Um I stream 3 nights a week on Twitch and YouTube. Uh you can uh, like follow and subscribe over at youtube.com/davewonder twitch.tv/davewonder. Uh go check out my uh kid-friendly comics publishing company mindwavecomics.com. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Dave Wheeler. On Instagram, I'm at the Dave Wheeler because the other ones were taken. Um, but yeah, I'm a big old toy dork, so I'm always posting and talking toys, um, as well as making comics, making content, and just having fun. So, um, thank you so much for having me on because this has been thank a blast. You for being on. All right, thank Andy, you. plug away. Uh, oh God, I'm not really doing much except driving my kids places but i i am on the internet and you can find all of my various links i've collected in one handy place andynordwell.com uh i have an amazon bestseller siren song with the wonderful and frequent guest don win uh, uh other things coming soonish i hope and of course as always this podcast perfect all right, and I am Michael Tanner. I was the host for this episode. You can find me on my website, buymichaeltanner.com, uh, where you can visit my web store where I'm having a big kind of March clear March to April clearance sale. Go to buymichaeltanner.com where you can buy my stuff. You can buy buymichaeltanner.com. It's buymichaeltanner.com, where you can B-U-Y Michael Tanner comic books. That's the way I usually say it, but I, I fricked it up. Um, also, uh, my current series, Orcs in Space, is out now. Uh, volume 2 collection should be out by the time this episode drops. I think it actually will drop a few days after this episode comes out. That's Orcs in Space. It's a sci-fi comedy uh, fantasy hybrid mashup uh, did with um, some great creators, including Justin Roiland from Rick and Morty. Also, uh, why Dave's on the show is during when this episode hits, we'll be kind of, I think, knee deep in a Kickstarter for a new series called Battle Grapple Rebel. It is a sci fi pro wrestling comic book. The novel approach that uh, it's sci fi wrestling, but it's not goofy. It treats uh, pro wrestling as if it actually existed in a sci-fi universe involving colorful characters and a uh, very tense political situation in this sci-fi setting. That's Battle Grapple Rebel. 
Um, let's see here. I think that covers just about everything I wanted to say before we go. Listeners, you may have noticed that our regular panelist, Sandra, has not been on lately. Uh, and Sandra has taken a leave of absence from podcasting. We wish her well right now, and we hope that she returns someday. I will miss you. Sandra, if you're listening, we miss you. And then let's see. Uh, thank you again to our guests. If you listeners have a pitch for this episode or any episode, please tweet at us using the hashtag burning pitch while you're on the Twitters. Also follow us at burn pitching uh, and follow us at our mother network, the grand geek gathering. Uh, that's the grand geek G on Twitter. Also check out the website for the grand geek gathering, the grand geek gathering.com where you can find articles and reviews and links to other great podcasts and content. Our theme music was by Carlisle Laurent. And I know you have a lot of competition for your ears. So once again, I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day and we'll see you again next month. And don't forget to GGG. Bird, bird.